Hi, everyone. This is Vanessa Richardson from California Groundbreakers, and I'm here again for another icebreaker mini podcast that we're tying in with our Brewmasters event happening on October 11th with Steve Dresler and Mike Braz, who are two big names in the Northern California craft brewing scene. But if you've been listening to these uh, icebreakers, we've also had people who are doing other groundbreaking stuff in the beer scene. And today we have another one of them, Kate Whalen, who is by day an event planner, but the rest of the time she is all things beer in Sacramento beer scene. She's director of Sacramento Beer Week, which happens every May. She also is a member of the Pink Boot Society, which focuses on women in the beer industry. And she is here today to talk about all things beer. We are not drinking beer today because it's a busy day for both of us. Um, but I appreciate you, Kate, coming in. But I've been asking everyone this question. I'm going to ask this as the first question on Wednesday evening about your first memorable beer. Yeah. Uh, what made it memorable? And did it lead you onto uh, a beer career in any way? Sure. Well, I always like to talk about beers that changed my perspective on certain styles or um, maybe kind of opened my palate in another direction that I hadn't been drinking before. And um, I've always been a huge IPA fan and cream ales and all kinds of, I, I would explore. And previously, I'd always thought that I didn't like sour beers. I just thought they were too puckery. I wasn't a fan, but I'd never had a real like barrel aged sour before. And so I took a trip out to Russian River, um, beer mecca, of course, in Santa Rosa. And um, I had my first sip of Consecration, and I fell absolutely in love. Consecration is a barrel-aged beer. I believe it's aged in Pinot Noir barrels, and they add currants to it. So it's a nice sour beer, definitely a little bit, I like to call it a transition beer. That's what I always recommend to people when they're maybe more wine drinkers, and they're like, oh, I don't like beer. But <laughs> in this case, they'll, you, know, you might try a Consecration and pick up those notes of the Pinot Noir and the fruit. Um, and it's a high ABV. It's like a 10% ABV. So um, definitely a little boozy. I think that first day I may have had three and a really nice nap afterwards. <laughs> and um, I was absolutely hooked. So, you know, I have a big affinity for those barrel aged sours now. And, and that definitely widened my palate that day for sure. So how did you get involved in the beer scene or the beer industry sure. beyond just drinking beer? Yeah. Um, well, um, I have always been a fan of beer, and um, I, I'd had a chance to like homebrew before. Um, I really liked going and visiting other breweries, and a magazine popped up called Hops to Table, and they were doing a scavenger hunt in the month of July a few years ago, I think maybe almost five years ago now, and um, the significant other that I was dating at the time was a huge craft beer fan as well, and so we went on the scavenger hunt, and I believe it was like somewhere between 10 to 12 places every week. And it focused on certain regions. So at one week would be, you know, kind of Davis and, um, you know, Winters and those areas, places that I hadn't really explored craft beer before. And I discovered things like Berryessa and, um, you know, uh, University of Beer before it came here to mid downtown Sacramento. Um, and then it would be Midtown or Roseville and just kind of Auburn, you know, different areas. And so we did it. We kind of 
hop to it 100%. And I kept running into these women while I was doing the scavenger hunt. And my experience with women in beer in the past was that most of my friends were like, oh, I really like a shock top with an orange or, you know. That's my mom's favorite beer. (laughs) And I just really couldn't talk to my girlfriends about beer the way that I could talk to my guy friends about beer or my boyfriend about beer. Um, And none of them had homebrewed before. And so I just didn't have that camaraderie that I had um, with that before. And I ran into these women and they were really into beer. Um, The four founding members that um, created Hop Broads after um, meeting on the scavenger hunt, um, Andrea had homebrewed before. So I was able to talk to her and her husband about that. I think I met her at Berryessa. Um, Kylie, I met multiple times. She's She actually does retail for beer for a local grocery chain. Um, and now she's brewed multiple times. Um, and her, her boyfriend does uh, hop art, um, bearded designs, if you've seen it around at some of the different uh, breweries and bottle shops and things like that. Um, and Amy, Amy had kind of had a mix of everything before. And she now resides in Denver, Colorado. So we have pipe dreams of going out to GABF some year and visiting her. GABF so, is the acronym, because that's going to come up sure. a little bit greater. American Beer Fest, which I guess is like the Super Bowl of beer tasting in America. Yes, lots of medals awarded. Um, So we all met and we really loved the ability to sit down and chat with each other about beer and kind of get to know each other. Um, And we decided we needed to create more of that environment. And so we created Hot Broads with that in mind. Um, What year was this? I believe... Oh, man. That, my brain is mush today. I think it's uh, 2012. Okay, so not too long like ago. No, not too long ago. Um, and so we met monthly. Um, we started out with Hop Rods Happy Hours, where we would just invite women to come talk about us with beer and grab a pint and share the most recent favorite beer that they've had and kind of get to know each other. And then we started doing craft and craft nights, where we would drink beer and craft. So we did like hop wreaths um, for the holidays one year that was really popular. Um, we eventually ended up brewing with some of the local breweries and creating some limited beers um, with Knee Deep. And one year uh, we brewed with Track 7, one of their um, unique beers that's brewed by the wives and the women of Track 7. Um, I think it's uh, Vixen Venom, I believe, or something like that. (laughs) What type of beer is it? Venus Venom, I'm sorry. It's an Imperial Chocolate Cherry Stout. It's Venus Venom. And um, so we did a craft where you could make your own chocolate cherry lip balm. You got a couple of beers where you were crafting. We had chocolate-covered cherries to eat. Mm-hmm. And then you got to take a growlette of the beer with you at the end of the class. And all of our proceeds had gone, I think, for that event, went to the um, American Breast Cancer Society. So we tried to partner with a nonprofit to kind of um, do good for the community and bring women together. And so that's really how I got started, getting to know the breweries and the taproom owners and kind of getting to know the scene before I got involved with Pink Boots and uh, Sacramento Beer Week. I'm going to step back a little bit and ask you how you got into homebrewing because I'll be honest, I mean, I've been meeting a lot of guy homebrewers, but not as many women homebrewers. So what what inspired you to get started in in homebrewing? Oh gosh, it was my ex-husband, really. Um, We homebrewed together at home before. Um, I even got into Hop Rods and and this was a different significant other that we did um, the scavenger hunt with. Um, And I remember homebrewing at that time with him was really stressful for me. (laughs) He always made like a gigantic mess in the kitchen and didn't clean up the wart. And it was just like, I I didn't understand it. And once I understood it and I learned how to like keep things clean and and organized and uh, know the process of what was going on, I so much more enjoyed it. But at first it was super stressful. And I believe one of our first beers that was drinkable and... um, 
it was it was actually for a friend of mine. My friend Garrett was getting married, and he um, really loved uh, Fat Tire, and so we did like our own clone of Fat Tire for his wedding, and that was really fun. So, do you still homebrew? I haven't in a while. I don't have time anymore. Too busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I really love the process, but it does take time, and so um, I'm nearing the end of my busy season. Maybe over the winter, I'll do something. Yeah. So let me ask you about Pink Boot Society because there is a, that's a national organization. Yes. Sacramento has a chapter, and uh, explain what it does and uh, talk about uh, some notable people. Uh, one of which just won a medal yeah. at the Golden Great American Beer Fest. Yeah. So what do you all do? Well, we support women in the beer industry who work in the beer industry in any way, shape, or form, from people who pour beer at tap rooms to women that are brewers to uh, we've got women that work in the yeast uh, industry. Um, all the different pieces that kind of come into play for Beer Week, including myself who run events for beer-related industry events. Um, and so I'm really proud of the fact that Teresa recently won a Great American Beer Festi- Festival gold medal for Crooked Lane Brewing. Um, that was really amazing. Um, we also had Heidi at Fort Rock Brewing um, win silver. Um, so we're really proud of our members for really ma- taking a name in the industry and kind of um, bringing awareness to women in, in the beer world. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Teresa Sudi. I hope I'm saying her last name correct because she was in our panel last year, an amazing panel we did at the barn on the California craft beer scene. So Teresa, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like she's one of the few uh, women head brewers in the Sacramento area, probably in California, probably in California, yeah, maybe the U.S. Yeah, uh, and she was she was great, and so she won a gold for the Doppelback. Uh, the Doppelback, I believe it, so. it was a Wobbler. That's the name of the beer that she brewed. So, uh, congrats and shout out to Teresa. And I thought it was interesting also with Fort Rock. It's run by. Two couples? Two couples, Two yes. couples. Mm-hmm. And they have been in business for less than a year. Yeah, I believe their grand opening was during Beer Week this last year in March, when we still had it in March. Um, and that was kind of one of the things that they wanted. They wanted to make sure that they opened during Beer Week, and they were really excited. Um, but yeah, I think they've all been in business together um, in kind of the scuba diving industry and had homebrewed before. Um, and over, had great success with their homebrew, and so they, um, you know, started Fort Rock, and they've had phenomenal success thus far. And I wish them all the best, and really proud of them. Yeah, shout out to both of them, and also to there seemed like there were uh, many uh, brewers in the local area that won bronzes, silvers, gold. Yeah. I should shout out to Mike Mraz since he won a totally. bronze, yeah. and he'll be at uh, the panel uh, discussion coming up. So, uh, one thing I went to, which is why. What sparked the podcast discussion I wanted to do with you was in September, there was the California Craft Brewers Association panel. Mm-hmm. The summit. The mm-hmm. summit. Mm-hmm. So I went there and they had a panel on women in the beer industry. Yeah. It was really, really interesting. So because being a woman, I, I'm a, I'm a, I would say a beginner to intermediate drinker. Sure. Hops, uh, I like <laughs> fruit. But I was thinking, you know, how many women make the beer? How many women are run their brewery. So what's your view from what you've seen of the craft beer industry, I guess in NorCal, and uh, where women are right now in the industry in terms of from from the entry level to the top? What do you see? You know, it's interesting. I think there's, since we started Hop Rods, I definitely feel that my perspective at the time of starting Hop Rods was really limited because there are a lot more women into beer 
than I was aware of. I just didn't, unfortunately, have them as friends. And now I'm so grateful to have so many women that are in beer as friends. Um, and I think there's a lot more women working in beer than we're aware of as well. I, I, I mean, I don't know the exact statistics. And I think you we were talking about that earlier before we started this podcast that you might have some of those to share. But um, I think, you know, we're going to people are going to be really surprised when they hear those figures. Yeah. Yeah. And are how are breweries accommodating women if they are? You know what I mean? Like uh, when I think of a tap room still, I think uh, uh, there's going to be Jenga, there's going to be cornhole. <laughs> but I also see a lot of strollers and I do see hot beers, but I like fruit, fruity, fruity sure. forward beers. Yeah. So am I seeing something where um, breweries and tap rooms are saying like with the with the distillery, sure. they're doing like skinny girl margaritas and yeah. all this yeah. uh these um, liquors and spirits geared really for women. Sure. So do you see that in the beer industry? I mean, we do, but I think I think it's funny that we're talking about this. It's a bit of a misnomer because there are so many women that are into actual craft beer, but you'll I think you're finding a lot more variety at these tap rooms and breweries than we used to have. I think that people are becoming more familiar with certain styles like a Goza, you know, um, other styles that maybe weren't as um, readily available rather than just IPAs or Pilsners, you know, and things like that. Um, that kind of play to different palettes. I, there's a lot of women that are in, uh, men that are into these different styles of beers as well. Um, and, and yes, I definitely see, um, you know, cider on tap. I definitely see a lot of wine available at a lot of these locations as well. But I think, you know, women are into beer too. So that there's a lot of different fruity beers that are available if that's what people like. And um, I, I actually know a lot of women that are into dark beers too stouts and things like that yeah so to general taste general audience yeah uh and pink boot society what what do you guys i'm sorry not god <laughs> sure. what do you want to do going forward in terms of um working with uh local beer industry and i guess in general it's a national sure. organization what 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 are you all currently doing what do you want yeah. to do so i think a lot of what we do now is raising awareness of women in the beer industry but it's also we, we there's a great structure already in place and creating education for those that work in the industry already to further their careers and their education and i think that's a huge thing um, in order to kind of give us a resource as women in the industry to kind of further ourselves and kind of take ourselves that step further um, and in turn do great things like what Teresa just recently did. So um, we'll see more of that. And, and then in turn, it goes back to that original um, statement of trying to raise awareness as well. And it's kind of a full circle thing, you know. So for women as uh, really uh, as consumers, as as uh, beer drinkers who enjoy drinking beer, sure. can they join the society and participate? So you, what yeah, you really kind of have to be um, working in the industry in some way, shape, or form to be a Pink Boots member, but that's one of the reasons why we started Hop Rods, because that really is for the consumer. It's not only for the consumer, it's for the brewers. Everybody can be a part of Hop Rods, and that's kind of that camaraderie angle, especially if you're into craft beer and you want to learn more. This is an area where you can go and ask questions and not feel like you know, made fun of by your boyfriend's friends or, um, you know, uh, you learn a little bit more or expand your horizons on what you're drinking. Um, that's a really great place to do that. Uh, but Pink Boots is really more for those that are working in the industry. And so now Sacramento Beer Week, I wanted to ask you about yeah. that because how many years has that been around? Oh gosh, I think it's it was our seventh year last year. Okay, so it's seven. been around for a while. Um, it's just we've had such exponential growth in the Sacramento area that 
Um, when I started last year, we're really kind of starting from scratch again this year. And one of the first things that you'll notice if you've been following Sacramento Beer Week is that we changed the date this year. Um, there was a big push for that because uh, San Francisco Beer Week was previously the week prior to ours. And so it was really tough for a lot of the local breweries because they were having to brew for both of these events. So honestly, Sacramento was getting older beer, older IPAs. You know, we weren't getting the new and exciting and hot stuff that was going to San Francisco. Um, so I think moving it to May gives us the opportunity to get some really exciting brews from the local breweries to produce events with the staff that aren't exhausted from already working their booties off the last week, you know, and kind of make Sacramento Beer Week our own where it was kind of, you know, just a furthering of another beer festival week previously. And as director of Sacramento Beer Week, what what's your role? What do you do? So our focus this year, um, and, and really 2018 for 2018, yes, 2018. for 2018 is to get a working website. That has been a big point of contention for a lot of the people um, in previous years. And we want to have a really awesome, easy to use website that showcases all of the hundreds of events that go on dear, during Sacramento Beer Week. Um, and then we also produce an opening event. And um, it's sounding like we're going to partner with someone for a closing event as well. So our beer week will be May 11th through the 20th of 2018 next year. Um, and likely our opening event will be on May 10th of 2018 of next year. We're currently working on solidifying our venue at this time. And we're really excited to really open that opening event up a little bit further. Um, we're going to be partnering with some local chefs, um, bringing in kind of the farm to fork food movement um, and do some food pairings with beer. We want to make it a little bit bigger. We want it to be outside because we're now in May and we can have the amazing weather. Um, so I'm, I think this year is going to be a huge improvement from what we've done in the past. Yeah. And I guess I'm assuming that breweries will be taking uh, part. So you can go to your favorite yeah. tap room or yes. brewery so, and they'll have yeah. things going on within their walls. Absolutely. So what ends up happening is that we'll have our opening event on the 10th. And then from the 11th through the 20th, every tap room, every retailer, including restaurants um, and all the breweries, will have their own events. Some people have an event every single day. They might do can releases. They might do food pairings. They might have an educational night where they have people like Charlie Bamford who will come speak. Um, so you can do all of these different things with with beer during beer week. Um, and that's why we the calendar is such a key and, and finding out everything that there is to do. So we'll have it filterable by the type of beer, by the type of event, um, by the date. And you'll be able to find the items that pertain to you, create your own schedule and uh, share it with friends and bring people with you and have fun. Yeah. So you're in a great position. So you can you basically have a bird's eye view of what's going on in the local beer scene and I sure. guess following what's going on in Northern California. It seems like it's been a really interesting year. Uh, Rubicon closed. We had Glenn Phillips come and, and talk about that and uh, American River Brewery. Yeah. And so uh, even at the California Craft Beer Association Festival, there was a lot of talk about consolidation and uh, if you want to get into this business, it's harder than before. Sure. But then again, we had all these medal winners at uh, the Great American Beer Fest. So what do you see in terms of uh, promises, challenges facing the brewers here in this area going forward? What do you yeah. what do you envision? Well, Predict. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting. I think that the um, competition is definitely more steep than it used to be. Um, there are still, I think there's probably at least a dozen breweries opening right this second, you know, um, so it's going to continue. There is, a, I mean, like people keep talking about a bubble. I'm not sure when it's going to burst, but I think paying attention to what's working in this industry as far as driving traffic to your brewery is going to be very important. 
just like with internet advertising, things can change on a whim. And so you really have to kind of explore and experiment and find what works for you. I know that this last beer week, uh, the big hot ticket items were can releases. I mean, New Glory killed it this year with can release events. Um, you know, uh, we had an amazing uh, turnaround with um, uh, Moonraker, had like long lines for their events. People waited for hours for the beer. Track seven, amazing can release events. So that was a huge success. So I think if people open a brewery and they pay attention to that and they see what's working for others in the industry, you know, that might help at least maybe not set them apart, but at least give what people are asking for. Um, but I think that's what people, people are gonna have to continue to get creative as to what draws the eye and what gets people into their location. And I guess my last question for you then would be in terms of specific advice for women who want to get to the beer industry as a brewmaster, as a brewery owner, marketing, any advice for you know killing it? Yeah, I think I, I would highly encourage people to educate themselves, learn about beer as best as they can, be knowledgeable. And I think a lot of women feel that maybe they might feel suppressed in this industry in some way, shape or form. Honestly, like I've never felt that way. I felt like we've always been warmly welcomed. Um, I think the big difference is, you know, making sure that you know what you're talking about and that you're not... Um, uh, kind of walking in, asking for a job that maybe, you know, you don't have the skills to, to handle just yet. But there's a lot of opportunities. I mean, UC Davis is a huge, you know, resource for that. Um, if you did get into the field or if you are pouring beer, joining Pink Boots Society gives you the opportunity to, to network and, and meet other people that could be a way to kind of climb the rings of where you want to be. Um, and just, you know, create that foundation of education for yourself and, and you won't be questioned. Like, I really genuinely feel that this industry is so supportive of women in the field. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity for growth there for women in, in the industry. Well, Kate, thanks so much for coming in. Really appreciate your time on such a busy day. And even though Sacramento Beer Week is about eight months away, more or less, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you for helping put Sacramento in the spotlight with beer. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Ba -dum -dum. <laughs>